Hey guys, welcome to the James Gang Bible Study. Our speaker tonight is Mr. Ephraim Garcia. Ephraim is a father of four beautiful children, a husband to a lovely wife named Sherry. Ephraim originally is from California, and he works in food service, and he is one of the managers at Chick-fil-A. And so, Ephraim, we're going to pray and turn it to you, brother. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to meet together with my brothers. We pray, Lord, you'd empower Ephraim to declare the truth that we need to hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ephraim. Well, good evening, everybody. Not all of you know me all that well yet, but like you mentioned before, I recently moved here from California. I don't have a uh, crazy or amazing testimony. I kind of grew up in the church um, out of a large family, five sisters, three brothers, um, we were all involved in ministry when I was younger. We were the praise and worship team for my church, for the youth group. Um, so, grew up in the church when I became a teenager, you know, did some of those typical rebellious teenage things that you do when you're going through your rebellious phase, but, um, you know, I pretty much have been walking with the Lord most of my life. Um... So let's <laughs> can't really think of what else to say. So uh, it's been a while since I've um, spoke uh, in public. The last time I spoke in public, I was 21 out on the mission field in Nepal. Um, so I'm seeming a little bit nervous. That's why. And um, we're going to be reading from James tonight. Um, our text is James 5, and verses 7 through 8. JP? Oh. <laughs> I, I just moved my hand, but yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious food of the earth, waiting patiently for it, and waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So, today. We're going to be talking about, wait for it, patience. (laughs) Patience is something that is getting to be a foreign thought in our culture. We live in a culture where everybody wants everything right now. We have high-speed trains, high-speed cars, high-speed internet, fast food, even coffee shops, it's not enough to sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee. You've got to drive through the coffee shop now. Um, one of the things that I thought was really strange moving from California out to Texas is you even have drive through liquor stores. It's <laughs> like literally drive through liquor stores. It was like, seriously? So, you know, we live in a culture where, you know, everything is right now, you know. Which is great. You know, I love the technology, um, you know, the convenience. But I think we, as a culture especially, have lost sight of the value of what patience 
is and what it, what it, why it's something that we should strive for. Um, we're going to take a look at about um, some of the things the Bible says about patience. And the first uh, verse I want to go to is in Luke 8. Now, you all know the... Uh, well, maybe you don't all know. I'm not going to operate on the assumption that everybody's um, here has grown we up. We know nothing. Okay. <laughs> so um, we're going to look about the parable of the sower. And backtracking, it's going to be in Luke 8, verse 5. And it says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up, and it choked it. And others fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit an hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Now moving down to verse 11. This is Jesus explaining what the parable means. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God, and those by the wayside are they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, for a while they believe, and in the time of temptation they fall away. And that which fell among the thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth, and are choked with the cares and riches and the pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. But on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bringeth forth fruit with patience. Patience is one of the things that we need to develop to bring forth good fruit in our life. It's not enough just to hear the word of God. It's not enough... Um, I mean don't remember the exact uh, scripture reference, but it talks about being hearers, uh, not hearers only, but doers also. And one of the things we need to do is, in our everyday life, is develop patience so that we can bring forth fruit. Um, staying in to Luke, we're going to move on a little bit more to chapter 21, 19. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read the scripture here. It says, By your steadfastness and patient endurance, you shall win the true life of your souls. And that's from the Amplified Bible. Where were you? That was Luke 21, verse 19. And that's reading from the Amplified Bible. So patience wins true life for your souls. And more on patience in Hebrews 9, oh, excuse me, 6, verses 9 to 15. It says, Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. 
He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end, so what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. This is another example of it's through faith, but not just faith, but patience is what realizes the promises of God in your life. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 through 36. It says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God. Thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Did anyone have any thoughts on um, this so far? That anything jumps out? Good stuff. So, we see here in the scriptures why we need patience. I mean, patience, I mean, is you know it's necessary for patience wins the true life for your souls patience is what helps us bear fruit um, patience is how we inherit what has been promised in combination with faith I mean it's not enough just to have patience you can't sit around and do nothing faith is action as well um, but what is patience the Merriam-Webster Dictionary uh, describes patience as bearing pains or trials without complaint. Uh, I'm not very good at that, to be honest with you. You know, I can bear pains and trials just as much as the next guy, but, you know, sometimes it's just fun to complain. You know what I mean? It's like... It, you can go through miserable situations, but as long as you get a good story out of it, it somehow makes the load a little bit easier to bear. <laughs> um, but you know, the, you know, it says that we're to to endure without complaining. Um, another definition is not hasty. Um, to me, when I think of this, I don't know if any of you are Lord of the Rings fans or have seen the Lord of the Rings movies. Do any of you remember the scene with the ants, the big tree people in the woods that move very slow? And their 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 line was, "Let's not be hasty." And they were, you know, they're trees. They live for hundreds of years. They could afford to be patient. Um, you know, us, we're going to be living with Christ in eternity, so. I think we could afford to be a little bit more patient and less hasty in our lives as well. I like that movie, but when it got to the trees, they kind of lost me. There. <laughs> <laughs> you know? There you go. There you go. It's like, can we get through the scene? The scene's going on too long, you know? I, I totally, yeah. You probably fast forward that. I knew how to 
<laughs> and yes. It's not my virtue at all. It's not my nature. But one of the most significant things I've learned not too long ago. Charlie, could you could you speak a little louder? Because the guys are okay. trying to listen to the phone. I observed uh, this young man here and his tribe of wonderful children. And you just mentioned eight in your family. Um, well, I grew up in a family with nine children. Yeah, nine. yeah, eight siblings. <clears throat> I didn't, but I ended up with such. <laughs>
and then waiting and listening at this time for the answers to return conversation. One of the things that always strikes me about that um, story in Daniel, I don't know if the rest of you heard it, but, but just to bring it to your recollection, is in Daniel, um, he's praying for God prophesied the um, the return of the Israelites to the promised land, and it was the time period had been up. So he was praying and fasting to hear for God for when the Israelites could return to the promised land, and he was fasting for 21 days. And at the end of the 21 days, an angel came to him and let Daniel know that God heard him from the very first day that he started praying. But as he was coming to answer the prayer, um, it says the Prince of Power of Persia, which is basically the demonic forces that were in control of that region in the time, basically um, withstood the angels and the messengers and held them back from answering the prayer until Michael the archangel came and did battle with them and the messenger was able to break through and then he's all, and i got to get back to this battle because it's still going on. Uh, but, you know, it let Daniel know his prayer was heard and his prayer was answered. And to me, that always stands out because, you know, just like in the verse that we had read before that, um, in Hebrews 10.35, it says, Do not fling away your fearless confidence. Um, you know, Daniel could have given up. He could have prayed, sat there for a while, and been like, oh, God's not answering my prayer. It's taking so long. But he was confident that God had heard him, and he hung on to that promise and the prophecy that God had given him. And then God did come through for him. And so that, to me, is something that's always reminded me when I've gone through hard times in my life. It's like, um, you know, God's promises are true, and he does hear and answer our prayers when we pray them, whether we see the manifestation of it in the, there in that moment or not. But, you know... God will always come through. Um, so, a little side note there. Um, oh, talking about opposition. Uh, another definition of patience. Steadfast despite opposition, difficulty, or adversity. Um, there are lots of times in life where things don't go your way. People set themselves against you. And you got to know when to stick to your guns. You know, you've also got to know when you're being stubborn and God's trying to teach you something. But I don't think, you know, there are times when, um, you know, adversity in life or maybe difficult personalities you have to deal with, you need to exercise patience. And then lastly, um, patience, uh, the last definition in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary was able or willing to bear. Um, those are the times when the circumstances are what they are and you just have to have to deal with it the way it is. And, you know, as I was leaving the door today, my I'm living with my father-in-law right now, and he heard that I was going to be speaking on patience tonight, and so he passed me the note. He's all, here's just, you know, some uh, notes, sermon notes for you in case you want to use them. And he gave me this paper, which I thought was... Uh, pretty, pretty in interesting. The difference between patience and long suffering. Patience is used when you don't get what you want for a long, long, long time. 
Long suffering is used when you get what you don't want for a long, long, long time. <laughs> I never heard tell him that was great. So, you know. Say that again. <laughs> Patience is used when you don't get what you want for a long, long, long time. Long suffering is what's used when you get what you don't want for a long, long, long time. Which is why God is referred to as bearing long suffering several times in the Old Testament concerning the Israelites getting stuff together. Oh yes, yes. You know, one of the things that I think is interesting is, you know, we're made in the image of God, and you think about patience. It's like Every emotion, thought, experience that we go through is something that God has put in us because that's a faucet of who he is. And so he is patient, and he has to have patience. And you think of long-suffering. It's like God suffered long with the Israelites, you know. Every now and then he'd get fed up with them and complain to Moses, I'm going to wipe them off of the face of the earth. And Moses would be like, calm down, God. But, you know, you know it's good because we know that it's not some commandment that's just handed down to us by a cold, unfeeling God. It's like he doesn't know what it's like to long suffer. It's like, yes, he's God, but he he chooses to know what it's like to long suffer. This is a little side note. Anyway, um, now, in particular, in this particular verse in James, our text is out of today, um, and James... 5, verse 7 and 8, the Greek used, uh, the Greek word used is, and I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation on this, so bear with me, macrothumisate, or macrothumisate. It's a compound verb of the words used for long and anger. It means long-tempered as opposed to being short-tempered. It doesn't necessarily mean a passive a passive resignation to one's situation, but an attitude of self-restraint that enables one to refrain from hasty action. When we're impatient, we often get ourselves into trouble. Uh, speeding tickets and car accidents are just one example of how um, patience, impatience can get us into trouble. When I was, I think, 21... I was having a bad year. My uh, grandparents had just died. My girlfriend broke up with me right before my company picnic. And I had already registered her, and it was free, but if you were a no-show, then uh, they basically would charge you like $100 per ticket for your guests that didn't show up. So... Incentive. What? <laughs> it's, incentive. In, it's incentive to, to, you know... it. Well, they rented a theme park for the day, so... I don't know if anybody out here in Texas has heard of Knott's Berry Farm. Oh, yeah. yeah, they ran in the entire park. Wow. So I was looking for someone to go with me to that picnic. And um, I ended up taking my sister, but I had to meet her there. So I, she was waiting for me at the gate. Um, she couldn't get in because I was the one that was with the company that was registered, and so I didn't. I was in a hurry to get there, and so I get in the car, 
I'm going to meet her, and I just get behind the slowest car ever, just driving along. I'm getting more and more impatient because it's like they're waiting on me. No one can get into the park until I get there. I'm already stressed out because of other stuff that had been going on. And so I go around, you know. Then right when I go around, the light turns red. I'm stopped at this red light. First, Finally, you know, I got around the slow car, though, so I'm the first car there. So the light turns green. I, you know, go out as fast as I can. Uh, I was driving a 15-passenger Ram van. Uh, you know, I mentioned before I have a large family. I learned that's what I learned to drive in is a 15-passenger Ram Dodge van. So I go, and the road kind of curves around like this right before you get on the freeway. So I'm speeding off, trying to make up for lost time. I go around, and the light is turned red around the corner, and there's a little family sedan stopped at the red light. And physics state that objects in motion tend to stay in motion until uh, acted upon by an opposing force. I was counting on my brakes to be that opposing force. So I go to step on my brakes. Nothing happens. I start pumping my brakes. Nothing happens. Probably about five feet before impact, finally the brakes caught. Skid, skidded down just enough so that when I hit their car, it didn't totally push them in the intersection, but crumpled the total back end of their vehicle. Of course, mine being a van is totally unscratched, unscathed. But that was my first experience with, I shouldn't say first experience um, with impatience, but it was a very valuable lesson on um, learning to be patient with driving and cars and such. Um, now I'm the guy on the freeway that everybody is constantly pulling around to get around because I leave about five or six car lengths between me and the car in front of me. <laughs> Just in case my brakes don't work, I step on them. Um, so, you know, impatience will get you into trouble. Um, some of you married people can probably have experienced this as well. Um, you know, you say that one thing to your wife that one time, and then every 28 days after that, you have to listen to a tearful meltdown about that one thing you said that one time. You know, you say hurtful things when you get impatient with people. So, I was wondering, you know, we know why it's good to have patience. I gave a couple of examples of why it's bad not to have patience. What makes us impatient, though? Why is it that we feel like we want things now or we're short with people? Um, I don't... This is just my opinion, but just based on my observations of human nature. Um, I think our one of the things is our desire for instant gratification, and that stems from the flesh. You know, we don't always want to care about the consequences of our actions or non-action because we're interested in how we feel now. Um, you think about Esau when he traded his birthright for a bowl of soup. He was not thinking long-term at all. That was instant gratification. That was impatience right there. He was hungry. He wanted soup 
right then and there. And, you know, he was willing to trade up trade his birthright for a bowl of soup. Um, another thing uh, that I think leads us to impatience, in particular with the type of patience this verse is referring to, and patience with people or restraint, um, is pride. Um, a lot of times when we're impatient with people, it's because we feel superior to them. If somebody, we're trying to explain something to somebody and they're not grasping it the first time, we have this feeling of like, ah, what's taking them so long? I was able to learn this much faster than they were, you know? I've experienced in work a lot of times, especially being a manager, you know a lot more than the people underneath you. And there's this temptation that instead of teaching them how to do it, it's like, this is taking too long, I'm just going to do it myself. Um, and, you know, that's another thing. It, it stems from pride, this feeling that they're not worth our time, they're not worth our patience, mm-hmm. and we feel like we're better than them. When in reality, you know, at some point or another, we were all at the same point that they were in their life. Um, another thing um, that I feel leads us to be impatient is fear of failure or lack of trust. Um, this is more of the worrisome type of impatience um, where things are out of our control and we're wait, we're wondering, what if the bus is late and I'm going to be late for work? So you're pacing around, hurry up, get here. Um, what if God doesn't come through? I remember one example in my life where um, I was counting on my tax return for uh, being able to make my rent on time. Um, I was behind on my bills. I had never, ever at any point in my life been late on my rent rent before. Um, I was in between jobs at the time. I had filed my taxes. They had told me it was going to be deposited in your bank account on such and such a date. And I was just stressed out. I kept going to the ATM every day. Is the money here? Is the money here? Because, you know, finally... The day before my rent was due, I was, like, mad because I had gotten a letter from the IRS saying that that there had a delay in the process and that the money wasn't going to be coming through when I said it was supposed to be coming through. And, you know, in my emotional state of being at that point, you know, was one of the times where I was upset at God. It was like, you know, I was a giver, I was a tither, and... Here I was with no money for my rent. Um, and I i mean, i it's embarrassing to talk about now, but I was mad at God. I was calling him a liar. I was like, you said that you would meet our needs, this, this, this. I kind of was like, what's up, God? You know, this is not what your word says. Well, I sure felt like an idiot the next day when I got my bank statement and I saw that the money had been deposited in my account three days earlier. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I apologize. There have been times where I repented, but I really repented that time. It was like, oh, so, whoops, my bad, God. I'm, I'm sorry, you know. I take back everything I said, you know. So, But, you know, that comes from lack of trust, you know. In the Bible, it says that we're supposed to trust God. And when we're impatient, a lot of the times that stems from our lack of trust. So, how do we become more patient? 
Uh, I'm going to turn now to Galatians 5, 16 through 23. And sorry if I'm like racing through this talking fast. I tend to talk faster when I'm nervous. So. Doing great. All right, everybody got it? It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So, living our lives yielded to the Holy Spirit and letting Him do His work in us is one of the things that's going to help develop patience in our life. Another thing is in 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to look at verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. start out on verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So I want to draw attention to love being patient, not irritable, because that deals directly with the type of patience mentioned in James, which was the being patient with people, or um, self-control. Also, to never giving up and endures through every circumstance. Those are all forms of patience, and that is what love is. You know, we're commanded to love one another. That was the commandment that Jesus gave us, was um, to love one another. So by walking in love towards one another, that's another way that we develop patience. Um, One thing also I wanted to draw attention to in James 5, 8, it says we're to establish our hearts. 
the definition of establish to make to institute permanently by enaction or excuse me enactment or agreement to make sorry oh that's all right to make firm or stable to bring into existence to put beyond doubt so when he's telling us to to, to be patient and to establish our hearts that's a decision we can make. That's not just the, well, it would be nice if we had patience and when we go through trials, we'll develop patience. Well, yeah, trials will develop patience in you, but that's not the only way you can develop your patience. You can make a decision to do that and establish in your heart that you will be patient. It's just like any other sort of discipline. And I think that's really what he's saying in there, is to be patient Establish in our hearts that we're going to be patient for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And we need to be prepared because, you know, the coming of the Lord is at hand, but there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on between now and the coming of the Lord where we're going to be tested. And if we haven't established our hearts ahead of time that we're going to be patient with people, patience with enduring heart circumstances, patience as in trusting God and waiting on Him, we're going to fall away. We're going to let the circumstances of the world come and just pull pull the word that was sown into us, like the thorns in the parable that we read earlier, and we're not going to bear fruit. You know, it's it's great for us to be saved and go to heaven and all that, but the Great Commission isn't just for us. It's that we bear fruit. And we need, in order to bear fruit, patience is one of the things that we need to develop, and we may need to make a commitment to doing that. So, with that thought, that was pretty much all I had. So. Great. Really good. Any questions or comments? Yeah. That was that was really good what you said with marriage. Uh, I married a, a, a young lady that thinks five o'clock means anywhere from five to six is on time, <laughs> and I was raised to be fifteen twenty minutes early. <laughs> and I've had to learn that everybody else is early, and we're on time when I'm with my wife, <laughs> and it just makes for a happy marriage. It's. Uh, that was a good point you made, and I had to smile when I saw that. <laughs> That's good. I can identify I married a woman from another time zone. She's still there. <laughs> That's great. If you notice the context of, of James talking about um, being patient is these cruel rich guys who are not paying their employees. Corrupt, and they've murdered the just and condemned the innocent. And then he says, therefore, my brothers, be patient. The coming of the Lord is at hand. And the next verse, I think verse 9, says the judge is at the door. And keep in mind, James wrote this letter, being the lead pastor in Jerusalem. And the day came when all the rich in Jerusalem lost everything. And the Christians escaped. But James, James was a prophet to the New Testament church. But he was also a prophet to his people having, you know, lived under Judaism. So he was hated, plus he's the brother of Jesus. And so 
he starts the book out exhorting us in patience, you know, about trials, and then he gets into what some of those trials are, these rich guys just oppressing the poor and ripping them off, not paying those that mow their fields and defrauding them and stuff like that. And so uh, he's telling the people that have been taken advantage of who have no recourse, you know, the Romans are in authority and it's jacked up politically then, and they had no recourse other than turning to God. And so when you turn to God, you've got to let him take the vengeance and and trust him with that. And so I think their their scenario is so much more severe than our everyday scenarios that surely their example can encourage us to know nobody sins and gets by with it. God's, God has a hammer of justice, and he will avenge the innocent. And, you know, in, in talking to your patients, one of the things it talks about receiving the early and latter rains, we have, we have long patients, for it until he receives the early and latter rains. Well, the early rains in Israel is in October, and the latter rains are in April, and then the fullness of the harvest comes in May, and that's their that's their harvest season. So we're talking about patience, not of 21 days like Dan, but of months, of a half a year or longer to be patient on waiting for this. And they would all relate to that because it was a very agrarian society. Good. But I relate, I related to it. It has to do with the first thing you said Sunday morning. Hard times are coming. Yeah. You don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. You need to get ready. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ephraim. Yeah. Very good. Uh, that's awesome. Super good. Anybody on the phone have questions? Anybody on the phone have a question? Yeah, hold on. That's uh, thank you so much. Sorry, callers. Hey guys, y'all have any pointers or questions? Well, I think we were being patient, Pastor Allen, and you finally. <laughs> and I'll be patient with you. <laughs> so I appreciate that. No, Ephraim, you did a great job. I, one one comment. I just think that. Um, Many times, it's it's the greater patience is integral to our greater testimony. So, the more patient we are, the better testimony that we have. So, yeah, very good, very good. And uh, and uh, Pastor Allen, I was actually being patient, waiting on Greg to finish. So, <laughs> all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but well. Uh, you know, two points. One, it takes you back to count it all joy because we need to learn to count it all joy. Amen. If you're if you're in a place where you're having to be patient, just count it joy. Just make it make the meter run as joy instead of burden. It makes the process go a lot easier. That's good. And then, and then when you were talking about the agrarian societies, when you talked about the rain and the harvest, not only was there the harvest but the farmer had to set aside his grain offering, his his uh, first fruits. He had to set aside enough food for himself and then set enough, uh, aside enough seed for next year because he didn't go to the store and buy seed. He had to grow his own and set it aside, and what was left was his income. And sometimes what was left wasn't anything left. All he had was enough food for his next year, seed to start the next crop and his 
and his uh, gifts to God. So sometimes those people walked a pretty meager walk. Yeah, that's good. Wow. I wrote a poem called The Impatient Farmer, and here it goes. Once there was a farmer who sowed his field for hay, but then he grew impatient and planted wheat the very next day. But soon he got discouraged and plowed his field again, this time planting pumpkins instead of that slow-growing grain. It wasn't long in his impatience. He left the farm for good, driving his truck and shaking his head while driving on for hours. He complained, I planted pumpkins and got yellow flowers. Thank you so much, guys. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather around your word. We ask you, Lord, to bless my brothers for their patience. Help us to be strong and courageous. And, Lord, we pray for those brothers that aren't able to be with us tonight. We pray, Lord, you minister grace to them wherever they are, Lord. Enable us by your power and your mercy to be all that you'd have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.